Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the 2A Lifestyle. Let's go ahead and start getting into the fucking house rules so we can go ahead and start getting into this motherfucker. Let's go ahead and just show it. Throw out, I got fucking social media. If you haven't already checked out our social media, it's fucking amazing. Go ahead and check it out. We have Facebook under the number 2A Lifestyle and on Instagram with two spelled out. That is T-W-O-A Lifestyle. And check us out. Go ahead and follow us there if you haven't already. We do a lot of our updates for our shows. We also share some hilarious fucking shit that's pretty amazing and all that good crazy shit. We also have Patreon. If you feel like supporting the show, please feel check us out on Patreon or the 2A Lifestyle on Patreon. Uh, if you want to support us, uh, anything that is given to us on Patreon, we put directly back into the show. It is used to make sure this thing is fucking published. It is used to make sure that we can have some future shit, which by the way, uh, the fucking shit that I told you we're going to have in 2020, we're going to be starting a YouTube channel and we're going to be starting having a live podcast and start putting some fucking amazing videos on there and some possibly some more social media uh i'm not you know i'll make that announcement whenever we get there you know we're definitely gonna have youtube maybe we're also gonna have another social media platform where it is specifically video oriented kind of like the vine if that gives you a little fucking hint hint uh what we're gonna do so go ahead and check us out there also if you have uh listening to us on a fucking podcasting streaming app go ahead and hit that subscribe button make sure you don't miss out on any future to a lifestyle podcast you can also check out all of our old podcast episodes on there and then also if you can leave us a review it is the best way for people to find us when they're looking for new gun related content on there it is some good shit this episode guys is gonna be kind of fucking amazing we got some good stuff to fucking uh just just some amazing stuff that's fucking happened since the last episode uh of course we got the roundup for 2020 uh shot show uh, and then we have some more amazing stories going on and then also if you have some suggestions on what you want to hear on the show fucking reach out to us uh you know all the guests that we had at the late last year of 2019 those guests were fucking listener uh fucking suggested so i mean i listen to you fucking guys and i mean i want to keep listening to you guys and want to give y'all the fucking best podcast that y'all are asking for so go ahead and reach out to us you can reach out to us on social media or uh, the number two a lifestyle at mail.com and hopefully we're gonna be having a website coming up soon where we can start posting some fucking uh fucking reviews and all that kind of good shit let's go on and start getting into this podcast y'all and fucking let's get it rolling first story we're going to cover in our main news segment is going to be coming from Ameland. It is titled Anti-Gun State Sue to Stop First Amendment Imposed Controls on Firearms Information. And basically what this is, this is a article posted by Ameland February 2nd uh, by fucking Dean Weingarten. Weingarten. Uh, and basically what it is is the Attorney General from California, Colorado, Connecticut, Delaware, Hawaii, Illinois, Maine, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, Minnesota, New Jersey, New York, North Carolina, Oregon, Pennsylvania, Rhode Island, Vermont, Virginia, and Washington, as well as the District of Columbia, has filed a lawsuit against various officials in the State Department and the Commerce Department to prevent transfer of some items under the State Department regulation on the International Transfer and Arms Regulations, which is basically ITARs, if you have an FFL and you know about all that kind of shit. Basically, what they're trying to do is they're trying to stop the fucking freedom of information coming around on the internet in regards to 3D printed guns. So, fucking shocker, less free states, uh, which 
some of them are actually, I'm a little bit surprised. I mean, I know North Carolina has gotten very fucking uh, liberal lately, but I still consider North Carolina a fairly free state. Uh, And then, of course, Virginia. We know Virginia has been taken over by the anti-gun crowd, but uh, they are basically filing a lawsuit saying that they want the State Department to stop the freedom of information over the internet in regards to 3D printed gun plans being posted on the internet. And we all know that this was a humongous thing uh, late last year in regards to the Second Amendment Foundation and the First Amendment by Defense Distributed. Uh, Those are two organizations that fucking defended the fucking, uh, the right to have 3D printed firearms uh, just fucking allowed on the internet because that guy, uh, fucking can't remember his name at the time, he's in some serious shit now uh, in regards to some other legal stuff, Uh, but his company has been taken over, Uh, but he, you know, went through a humongous long legal battle and basically they finally fucking gave up and said you can do it just fucking you know it basically it's your ass if something happens uh so that's something that the anti-gunners are now coming after they've lost once they're going to try and come after it again it's like anything else the anti-gunners once you you know if they lose at something they don't consider themselves having lost they're going to continue to fight to take away your civil rights this next one comes from the hill this was actually published on the 31st and the title of this is pennsylvania judge freezes state's ghost guns policy and this is kind of in regards to kind of the same thing as before, uh, but basically what it is, the Pennsylvania judge blocked a new state police policy regarding the sale of partially manufactured gun parts that could be used to create working farms. And basically what this means is 80% receivers. Uh, and what it is, is of course in uh, Pennsylvania, there are some gun stores that are selling 80% uh, receivers uh, without b- background checks. And basically what it is, is they don't want this to happen. They want to have background checks for any and all firearms, uh, whether they consider it 80% or not anything. And next thing you know, it's going to be just like California, you know, fucking anything that has to do with gun parts. Uh, the fucking state is going to want background checks for you to fucking purchase uh, a AR-15 grip or a new barrel or anything like that. Uh, they are just wanting to erode away your freedom. And this is partially how they're doing it. So uh, it's fucking, I'm telling you the fucking anti-gunners and there's, I hate to say it like this, but there's really no good, you know, feel good stories in this podcast on this episode because the fucking anti-gunners have just been going balls to the wall especially seeing how in Virginia, how once you fuck with gun owners and you fuck with those who love the freedom that they are fucking, you know, permitted under the Constitution, uh, they just want to keep going after it. So the anti-gunners are coming out strong after this Virginia rally because they want to make sure that our freedoms are being trampled on and we are less free now than we were yesterday. So yesterday was the Super Bowl, speaking of, and fucking if you haven't, I didn't watch it to be honest with you because I don't give two shits honestly about NFL. Uh, I named just mainly just keep up with uh, fucking players that were at the university. I love college football, but you know I mainly keep up with players that played at the university that I'm a huge fan of. Uh, you know and see how they do in the NFL. But Bloomberg spent a 10 million dollar Super Bowl ad, and it is misleading stats on gun child deaths. Now this actually comes from Fox News, uh, and this was published yesterday. So excuse the site, uh, the citation in reference to this. Uh, but obviously, uh, you know mainstream media really isn't going to report a whole lot on this, and I can consider Fox News a biased news source. Uh, You know, just like I consider CNN and MSNBC a biased news source, I try to go more local or more international in regards to news sources. Uh, But in the statistic in the ad, it says 2,900 children die from gun violence every year, but the number is not attributed to any source. However, there was a recent report from a Bloomberg-founded group, Every Town for Gun Safety, came up with that same number, but it it only includes that number when you include teenagers that are 18 and 19 in that calculation. Uh, 
Uh, and obviously, if you're 18 or 19, you are obviously very well old enough uh, to get involved in any sort of crime that can include guns and therefore like gang violence and shit like that. Uh, so that is where they are coming up with that fucking system. So if you are talking to somebody at work or if you're talking to somebody in your little social group, church, whatever the fuck it may be, uh, that is something that you can talk to, give you a little bit of tools in regards to fight those misleading statistics that Bloomberg is putting out there. And just like anything else, the Super Bowl, uh, there's plenty of companies and, you know, Black Rifle Coffee uh, fucking did this a couple years ago. They tried to submit a Super Bowl ad uh, and it was very, you know, pro-gun, pro-police. And of course it was denied. Uh, And then this year there was numerous other uh, quote unquote conservative companies, but, you know, many uh, groups that are, you know, you would consider more conservative political ideals. Uh, Their political, their, you know, Super Bowl ads that they wanted to put on the Super Bowl were shot down. But obviously Bloomberg, uh, his ad was included and that's where this story comes from. And speaking of old motherfucking Michael Bloomberg, I'm sure y'all have known now that he has thrown his name into the 2020 Democratic presidential nominee ring. And honestly, I was not a huge fan of Bloomberg before this, uh, just because I'm very much a single issue voter. And Bloomberg is obviously very much so wants to completely get rid of any semblance of the Second Amendment. But Michael Bloomberg, in all his fucking ads, and I see him all the motherfucking time because I don't pay for the fucking, was it, $15.99 Hulu where you get ad free. I, you know, do the lesser one. Uh, so I listen to, you know, I have to watch ads whenever I watch fucking Hulu. And Bloomberg ads are on there at least every fucking show that I watch. Uh, so I'm, you know, before all this shit, I was not a huge fan of Bloomberg. But after seeing his political ads and seeing more what he wants, I am definitely not a fan of Bloomberg. Uh, but these next stories come f- uh, from, actually from NBR. They come from The Guardian. And they come from The Washington Examiner. And basically what is going on is that the Democratic Party is changing the rules for debates so that way Bloomberg can kind of slide his ass on the way in. You know, when the fucking uh, 2020 presidential nominee uh, was started, there's like fucking like, what, 40 people vying for the presidential nominee from the Democratic Party? And that number has greatly dwindled. But you know, uh, when they first started having the Democratic nominee debates, they started setting up all these sort of fucking rules on who can go to the debate and who couldn't because it would just be a fucking mass chaos if you had 40 motherfucking people on there. And with anything else on cable news, they got to have commercials and you're going to have a lot of fucking pompous rearing and you're going to have a lot of fucking grand staging of each other and it's just a bunch of horse shit. But basically, uh, you know, they set up a lot of rules saying that the Democrats had to meet a certain criteria to be able to be invited onto the Democratic debates. And then even for a while there, they had a squad A and a squad B kind of Democratic debate. And to be on the squad A, you had to have certain criteria. And then to be on squad B, you even had certain criteria because even when there was squad B and they included some people in that uh, Democratic debate, they still excluded a shit ton of people that were wanting to be running for the Democratic national, uh, you know, the fucking presidential nominee. But the Democratic Party has now changed those rules to include Bloomberg into that. And doesn't this seem a little fucking suspicious? And I'm telling you, it's a little fucking, I don't know, to me, it's just the same shit that happened in 2016. And, I'm, you know, I'm not a humongous Trump fan. Uh, of course, I voted for him over Hillary Clinton uh, just because those are the only two options that I was given on my ballot. Uh, and But I'm not a humongous Trump fan. Certainly not a fucking uh, uh, Hillary Clinton fan. Uh, there are other people. You know, I'm a, a fucking constitutionalist. That's what I tell everybody. I'm a constitutionalist and a libertarian. Uh, I really, as long as you follow the fucking constitution, uh, I think we can get along fairly well. But in regards to Democrats, uh, you know, it's the same shit that happened in 2016 where uh, the mainstream news was leaking shit to Hillary Clinton's campaign 
campaign so that way they could fucking oust Bernie Sanders. And even uh, the fucking Democratic National Committee was doing shit in regards to try and, and shysta Bernie Sanders out of the fucking presidential nominee. And that's basically the same shit that's going on right now. You have the Democratic National Committee who's changing the rules, you know, after the halftime of the fucking game. And they're trying to make sure that Bloomberg comes out ahead of other people. And who they might come out ahead of, you know, I don't know. Obviously, the power brokers and the DNC know. Uh, but obviously, Bloomberg is a favorite among the DNC, probably because of all the millions that he's given to Democratic national politicians, especially the ones that are in power in the DNC. And it is quite a fucking uh, just shit show, basically. I mean, if I was uh, a Democratic uh, presidential hopeful, I would be throwing a, such a fucking hissy fit, like a fucking conniption. You know, if you're fucking throwing a conniption about gun control or global warming or whatever, this is something I'd fucking throw a fit about because they're basically rigging the game and not trying to get too much into politics, but it's very important, I think, because Michael Bloomberg is very much a gun control advocate. He's wanting to dismantle the Second Amendment. He's wanting to take away your Second Amendment rights any way, shape, and form that he can. Uh, const- you know, not even necessarily the constitutional, because it's against the Constitution to dismantle the Second Amendment in any way, shape, or form, but any legal form he can to where basically he's not breaking down his your door himself and prying your guns away from you. Uh, he's doing it any way he can without going to jail, and that's what he's doing. And it's just fucking horseshit. Going on into the next fucking story, and this is something that's pretty interesting. This is something that I shared from Save the Seconds uh, Facebook page. I shared it on my Facebook page, and I think I believe I shared it on my Instagram. But a top NRA official who is accused of sexual harassment is finally out. This was published on the 1st of February, uh, and this actually comes uh, to us from Newsweek. But Joshua L. Powell, a senior official of the NRA and a close associate of Wayne LaPierre, is no longer employed by the Guns Group. Uh, Newsweek has learned Cowart filings suggested that Powell was on leave and made an investigation by the group's counsel. Those filings were first reported by the Washington Post early Friday evening, which would have been this past Friday. However, according to an internal email obtained by Newsweek, Powell has departed the NRA entirely. Even though it's not clear whether Powell was fired or if he resigned, and it is not specifically clear at the moment why he has left the NRA. But if I had to guess, it probably had something to do with the fact that he was sexually harassing people in the NRA and also at ACMAC, because at the time when this accusation occurred, ACMAC and NRA was still very much a close-knit group of organizations uh, as through their media consulting and and media publishing and all that kind of stuff. Uh, So Josh Powell is out. And then according to sources that I have, there's going to be more coming in regards to NRA news that I think you should very well pay attention to. Let's go on into the next story that I think is pretty interesting that I thought I'd share with you guys. Uh, This actually comes from Where TV, which is ABC3. Uh, This is, of course, coming out of fucking Florida. Seven arrested after a dramatic gun heist at a Florida Bass Pro Shops. This is fucking insane. So a group of young adults, they were caught on camera. They used a truck to smash their way into a Florida Bass Pro Shops early Thursday morning, stealing a cache of rifles. Thanks to the assistance of a good Samaritan, look at that, good guy, who was the right place in the right time, the police were able to track down and arrested seven young men arrested for the age from fucking 13 to 24. And they continue to seek at least one additional suspect. Officers recovered all of the stolen firearms, though. By the afternoon hours after the break-in, plywood covered one of the entrances of the Bass Pro, blah, blah, blah. The surveillance video shows a U-Haul box truck backing into the store's front entrance, shattering the doors. They run inside, breaking the display cases, and moments later, loading the trucks onto the U-Haul.
alcohol. Now, this is fucking crazy. Uh, the officers later observed the truck on I-95 and request assistance of additional officers uh, for a traffic stop. And then St. Lucia County deputies and Fort Pierce police officers, they actually pursued this vehicle, uh, eventually managing to stop the truck. And eventually, the su- some of the suspects took off uh, before they were apprehended. Uh, two of them suffered canine bites, placed to be gained with surprises. Uh, and a total of 12 rifles were stolen and recovered in addition to two hard rubber training handguns. Uh, I guess I don't know what you would consider a hard rubber training handgun, but whatever the fuck. Uh, these young men's face charges, including grand theft of firearm, burglary to a structured, armed, endangered property, criminal mischief, and resisting an officer. Now, this is interesting because anytime an FFL gets broken into, the ATF automatically comes involved. Uh, so I'm interested to see what's going to happen in regards to them uh, getting charged federally because, uh, you know, the federal court systems don't have a juvenile system. Uh, this is something that I, you know, fucking learned in my own law enforcement career that once a uh, juvenile is arrested, they cannot be charged federally because there's no juvenile system in the federal uh, justice system. So if a juvenile gets arrested, it's not like they can go to a federal juvie or any kind of shit like that. So they end up getting charged statewide. But any of those people that are legally over the age of 18, uh, when this occurred, most likely they're going to get charged federally. And, uh, you know, like I said, play two games, wins two prizes. All right. This uh, last local news story comes from, uh, what is this fucking KJRH2 NBC. This is out of Oklahoma. A Oklahoma bill would prohibit open carryless perm- or open permitless carry of assault weapons in cities with 100,000 or more people. Among the 2,000 bills legislatures will consider this legislative year in Oklahoma is one that would prevent the carrying of certain firearms openly. A representative Monroe Nichols authored the bill, and she stated, for me, it is really about public safety and public comfort. It is a quality of life issue. Folks without a permit cannot open carry weapons that can kill 60 people in 60 seconds. My fucking guess is that this fucking lady is a Democrat and she doesn't know dick about what she's talking about. Uh, Jason Perryman, manager of a two-way shooting center, says, I will be the first to admit that there are some places I do agree we shouldn't be carrying farms. Most of the time, it is some place where alcohol is consumed. Nichols continues to say that in mass shootings that have happened in highly populated areas show why the bill should be passed. Perryman says you are trying to control somebody's Second Amendment rights. There's also very uh, few other bills on the table. One would make it illegal to have magazines holding more than 10 rounds, and another would allow concealed carry license holders to carry on public campuses. So, folks, it's just important if you live in a state. It doesn't matter actually what any fucking state you live in, because Oklahoma is a very conservative state, and you would think that Oklahoma, you would be safe to have your Second Amendment rights there from being infringed by the state government, but obviously that is not the case, as we are seeing in Virginia, and now we're seeing in Oklahoma. It is important as shit that you get an import, that you get an involved in your local and state politics. It is not just the national fucking stage where they're trying to attack your gun control rights, and that is something that they're learning. They're learning that with the Republicans in somewhat control in the national politics, uh, even when Democrats were in control of national politics, we had, you know, enough members of organizations that uh, lobbied the national politicians to fucking stop this onslaught of gun control, but they're seeing that now it is the states and the local areas in politics where they need to attack our Second Amendment rights. So it is important that you are a part of any state organization that you have that is pro-gun and that you need to talk to your state legislatures and your state representatives, state senators, whatever it may be, and fight against this onslaught of fucking gun control. Well, going into the last news segment that we have, we're going to have a lot of shit to talk about in the gun gear news and reviews, but this last segment that I'm going to be talking about is something that honestly, I was quite fucking shocked. I could not find anywhere on any of the main gun news sources. 
news. Couldn't find anything on the Farms blog, anything on Get Daily, nothing on Ammoland, nothing on Guns.com. My usual sources that I go for. I couldn't find shit. And actually, this news source actually I'm getting from the Namel.com, um, which is I don't know, never heard of this fucking source before. So, uh, but it is something that I shared on my social media pages. It is something that fucking tons of other gun organization, uh, gun sites, and gun content creators talked about uh, last week. And this is about Teron Butler of Teron Tactical Innovations. And if you don't know who Teron Butler is, I'm sure you've seen this fucking video of Keanu Reeves when he was training for any of the John Wick movies. John Wick, uh, Keanu Reeves always goes to Teron Tactical and he always goes there to learn firearms handling. And Teron is a fucking, like a fucking Jedi master when it comes to fucking firearms training. I mean, he knows his shit, but just because you know your shit doesn't mean you're a good person. And this has been a ongoing, uh, like fucking inside joke, I guess you could say, or whatever it may be uh, in the firearms community that Teron Butler always has the gun bunnies wherever he's at. Uh, anytime you see pictures of uh, Teron's ranch and him anywhere at like SHOT Show, whatever the fuck it may be, he's always surrounding himself with these fucking gorgeous women and he's always got them, uh, you know, kind of somewhat showing their figure, whatever it be, you know, whatever it is. Uh, and it was, I think, last year, actually, one of his little gun bunnies that he had uh, basically said that she agreed with some gun control and, and, you know, it just goes to show that he did not have any sort of, I guess, screening, I guess you could say. I mean, if I would hope that if you work for a major gun company like Smith & Wesson or Springfield uh, or uh, fucking Six Hour or Glock or whatever, that they are not, you know, having people be the faces of their company that are gun control advocates. But Tron obviously did not give a fuck and he hired this chick and knowing, either probably not knowing, all he cared about is what she looked like uh, or what her uh, gun control ideologies were, you know, her Second Amendment where she uh, stood in the Second Amendment. Well, Tron just came out, a video was leaked by his ex-social media manager uh, of him basically harassing this fucking woman. And uh, her name is Jade. Uh, she used to be a sponsored shooter on Tron Tactical. And basically he is fucking harassing the shit out of her. Basically trying to get her to show uh, part of her genitals on camera that he's recording. Uh, and he's calling it, you know, show me the edge of the precious. And I'm telling you, the fucking memes that came out of this are hilarious. They are amazing. Uh, I shared a bunch of them and made some myself. And uh, Tehran has come out and he gave some bullshit apology. I'm not going to go into extents and extent on what he said, uh, but mainly it was just filled with a bunch of shit. I'm sorry that I got caught, but I'm not really sorry. Uh, and, you know, it's one of those things that um, do these young women go to Tehran to try and get into the Hollywood culture? Because, I mean, he's got people like Keanu Reeves and Halle Berry and shit like that training out at his uh, farms uh, training facility. Probably. Uh, this Jade girl is actually uh, dating a fucking MMA fighter now. Um, and supposedly, according to Tehran, this video was shot a couple weeks ago, or I'm sorry, not a couple weeks, a couple years ago, which is interesting because Jade is now just 21. So a couple years ago, I mean, like, was she just fucking 18? Was she 19? Uh, you know, how long ago was this video? And if you look at the video, uh, it is clear that she is uncomfortable. Um, and I'm not trying, and, and to be honest with you, I uh, showed this video uh, to the girl I'm dating, uh, my girlfriend. Uh, I, you know, showed this to her because, hey, like, I'm a fucking dude. Uh, obviously, I have different fucking, I guess, point of view, I guess you could say, in regards to that kind of shit. But I mean, I'm just going to be straight out, you know, fucking honest. Like when I fucking got divorced and I started going back in the dating world, you know, before when I was with my ex-wife for seven years. So like I've been out of the dating game for like seven years. And since those seven years, like a lot of shit changed. You know, that's like when all the Me Too shit started and all that other kind of stuff. Um, so like when I started dating, I was fucking like cautious to 
as fuck. I didn't want to be seen as like the fucking creep guy, uh, you know, doing all those. And I don't understand how some fucking dudes, uh, when they're, you know, meeting fucking chicks or, t- you know, just meet, you know, talking to chicks and stuff like that, send out like, you know, dick pics and all that kind of stupid shit. Um, that's fucking stupid. And, and like, I just did not want to be seen as that fucking guy. So, you know, I was always kind of cautious since I've been dating since my divorce to not be the fucking creep. This fucking video is the epitome of fucking creep. And, uh, so I showed this fucking video to my girlfriend and she was like, that's fucking creepy as fuck. And she, I mean, like it made her uncomfortable watching it. Uh, I mean, honestly, it made me a little uncomfortable watching it. I mean, you could clearly see that this Jade chick, um, she is very uncomfortable doing it. And, uh, so, you know, something, you know, I, something about me, all of you know, I'm a full-time law enforcement officer for a little over a year. I was strictly special victims investigator, uh, at a uh, major department. Uh, so I strictly, uh, investigated sex crimes. Um, so that's all I did. I investigated sex crimes. So I saw a lot of kind of shit like this. Um, a lot of fucking, uh, harassment, uh, through online dating, a lot of fucking harassment, sexual harassment through electronic communication, uh, all this kind of stuff. I saw a lot of this kind of stuff and you could just tell by looking at her body language, looking at the way she was, uh, standing and the way she was kind of, uh, responding to things, you know, she's fucking out in the middle of nowhere at Tehran's ranch, uh, you know, where they do this training for sponsored shooters. Um, so she's out kind of like in the middle of nowhere at this ranch. Uh, it's just her and him inside. It looks like almost like a barn kind of deal. And it's just, uh, Jade and Tehran and they're, you know, he's filming her, uh, telling her to like oil up and all this kind of shit, uh, to pull down. She's wearing fucking yoga pants with a shooting belt. Tell her to pull down her yoga pants. So that way he could see the edge of her genitals. Um, and it's super fucking creepy. And this is something that I think everybody in the farms community knew that Teron Butler was probably a little bit of a creep because of this. And with everything that's come out with Me Too, and especially fucking like Harvey Weinstein, I mean, to me, I if I mean, if there was a fucking camera in Harvey Weinstein's office whenever he was sexually assaulting these girls, I imagine this is exactly how the, the beginning of it went. Uh, this is exactly how I imagine it went. And, you know, since then, Teron Butler has lost uh, several sponsorships. He's lost the Trijicon sponsorship. He's lost uh, another sponsorship. I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, but it's fucking surprising to me that none of these main gun news sources are talking about it. They're not writing about it. They're not doing anything. Um, and it seems like it's a lot of kind of the non-mainstream news sources talking about it. Like some of the other gun websites and gun podcasts that I listen to, I listen to them. Uh, I only can think of uh, one or two other ones that talked about it. And, um, you know, of course, they were mainly run by guys. Uh, so it was kind of like with me, one of the guys said that he showed his girlfriend to, uh, which, you know, as soon as I saw it, I was like, you know, let me get a woman's perspective on it. It's so like the day, it was the day of or the day after it broke. Uh, I, you know, sent that to my girlfriend. I'm like, hey, you know, what is a woman's perspective on this? She's not like in the gun community or anything like that. So she didn't know who Teron was. Uh, but I'm like, hey, you know, here's a picture of the dude. Uh, you can obviously see this chick uh, and this guy's, you know, if you're looking at him, uh, he's obviously way older, which, you know, fuck it. You know, if a uh, 20 year old's dating a 50 year old and and it's, you know, whatever, fine. I don't give a fuck. But when you're doing shit like this, and then obviously, I mean, obviously, here's another thing that a lot of people aren't talking about is that this fucking Teron Butler, he kept this video around, obviously. It's not like he, uh, this just happened and the social media director got fired. And so he decided to leak this video. No, Teron himself even admitted that this video was a few years old. So he kept this video on his fucking electronic devices, whether it be a phone, tablet, whatever it may be, he kept this shit around. So it makes you wonder if, you know, he's done this to other girls. He's done this to other women. Is he keeping, you know, those kind of pictures or videos around as well? Uh, you know, it's just kind of fucking weird. And, you know, 
it's just it's fucking odd because you know I am not surprised and I've I'm, I actually fucking worked on a case uh, this past week where it was something very familiar very similar uh, on, you know electronic uh, sexual harassment um, you know if this is the one instance that's leaked out you know how many more instances occurred you know I guarantee you this isn't the only instance where this has occurred and uh, this is just sickening to me um, I always feel that we should uh, as the gun community we need to fucking be higher you know higher standards for each other because you know obviously like Torrin Butler he's fucking hanging out with Keanu Reeves and Halle Berry and he's always you know going to be the one hanging out with you know the Hollywood folks and that's probably their only fucking uh, interaction with people in the gun community so if they see Teron Butler doing this kind of stuff uh, is that what they're going to think that the gun community is all about well it's all about gun bunnies and creepy fucks uh, hanging out with gun bunnies and kind of harassing them sexually uh, that's something that's a very real question that I think we as the gun community need to ask uh, and that's something you know Teron Butler uh, came out with a statement saying that he's not going to uh, you know go after uh, people that um, f- you know fucking release it but there's already social media uh, content creators that have released vi- uh, fucking statements and fucking legal letters that they've received from Tron Butler's attorneys saying that hey you posted this video uh, we are suing the person that released this video that used to work for Tron Butler and we want you to take it down otherwise you could be seeing legal action yourself and so Tron Butler obviously know he's did something wrong uh, he knows this is something that is obviously going to hurt him financially and business wise and that is something that if you know you did something wrong like if you're if this is your reaction for all this kind of stuff you know you fucking did something wrong and the fact that he kept this you know fucking video on his phone for three years because uh, you know I'm, I'm saying a, a few because I, I'm just assuming this chick was you know over the age of 18 when he did this and if it was you know two years ago when she was 19 because she's only fucking 21 then he would have said a couple years not a few years that's you know my kind of breaking down uh, of the word usage in his apology letter I think you know so I'm saying I'm assuming three years fuck she might have been underage that's something else that you know people need to ask themselves um, but you know he kept this video on his phone for three years long enough where the social media director for his business was able to you know get a hold of it and release it after he's left um, you know it's something that's very fucking creepy and it's something that I think that we as the gun community need to hold ourselves to higher standards because like I said no telling how many people in Hollywood this was the only interaction that they had with the gun community and this is what they see as the gun community to, have to be is a bunch of fucking gun bunnies and an old creepy dude uh, who obviously I mean he knows his shit um, when it comes to firearms instruction uh, but he is you know obviously kind of like a fucking creepy boomer I guess you could say like you know we've, I've fucking shared memes where you know you know, there's like a fucking boomer licking his lips or some shit like that you know commenting on gun bunnies social media posts and stuff like that uh, that's exactly what Teron Butler is and I think that is unacceptable and I think we as the gun community need to hold his fucking feet to the fire and say hey man like if this is the shit that you are into you know do you as long as it's not illegal but we don't want you as the face of the firearms community so you need to take a step back you know whatever the fuck it may be because and, and you know fucking kudos for the companies that are dropping him uh, as sponsors because that's something else like I said you don't want if you are a brand and you are uh, teamed up with Tactile, you don't want that and associated with your brand um, that's something that's big and you know fucking people can talk say it's virtue signaling whatever the fuck it may be uh, but you know I'm a fucking dad of a daughter and uh, you know I remember talking to my uncle like a long time ago uh, about shit like when we were out golfing and, and fucking go- uh, the cart girls were coming around and shit like that and he was talking about how like you know whenever you have if you ever have a daughter uh, you know your fucking shit your mind's gonna change and stuff like that on how you see women and stuff like that and it's fucking true I'm just gonna flat out 
fucking safe for me. It's true because as soon as I had a daughter, uh, fucking shit in my brain kind of wired and changed a little bit. And then not only that, just fucking getting older. Goddamn. Uh, you know, even though I'm a millennial, I'm like on the older end of the millennial uh, and shit like that. But um, whatever the fuck it may be, I'm just kind of getting into a diatribe about this. But, you know, fucking Teron Butler, check out that video. Uh, if you go on to my Facebook page, uh, there is somebody in the comment section of the post that I, of the meme I made in reference to Teron Butler's response to the social media content creators in regards to taking the videos down. Uh, if you go into my comment section, there's somebody that uh, actually saved the videos. That way, if Teron Butler does some kind of horse fuckery on the internet to where he can take that video down, uh, it will always be there. Anything that's always, anything that's posted on the internet, it's always going to be saved uh, forever. So uh, reach out there if you want, if you haven't taken a look at the video, if for some reason you can't find it, um, but look it up. It's creepy as shit and Teron Butler needs to be fucking ashamed of himself in regards to this. And we as the gun community need to hold him accountable for this because like I said, if this is the one thing that he did uh, and this is the one thing that got leaked out, he kept this video for three years on his electronic devices. I guarantee you it's not the first time he's done this. I guarantee you there's more that has happened and no telling if it's either fucking worse or if it's, you know, not as creepy. Uh, but just through my experience in life, uh, I guarantee you this isn't the first and probably is something there's more creepy than this. Um, so check it out. Let's go ahead and start wrapping up the main segment and let's start getting into the gun gear news interviews. It's precious, the most gangster cat in the world. Say something precious. Yeah, that's what I thought. Don't make a pull out the gat. Don't make a pull out the gat. Oh, oh. P-R-E-C-I-O-U-S. Yeah, that's precious. That's precious. You know she's the best. P-R-E-C-I-O-U-S. Yeah, that's precious. That's precious. You know she's the best. All right, getting into the gun gear, new, uh, gun gear news and reviews. Uh, we talked about it before, but Glock had released their 44 model, uh, which is their 22 caliber weapon. Uh, it has been exploding all over the fucking internet, literally, not just fucking reviews. But anybody that's been doing reviews, there are fucking videos of them shooting the Glock 44, and it is cracking on the slide. Uh, that seems to be the main thing. It's it's cracking on the slide. Uh, there's been a couple videos to where there's been out of battery detonations with the rounds, uh, which is completely fucking up the slides, the ejectors, the plungers, everything like that. Um, so obviously Glock's perfection is not made it to their 44 model. Uh, and it is something that probably gonna have to take back to the drawing board, uh, or they're going to continually have a shit ton of fucking warranty work on it. Uh, it is something interesting. Check it out on the internet. If you haven't already, I posted shit about it on my social media. Next thing I'm going to be talking about, and I've posted this on my social media and I think it's very interesting and I'm actually looking forward to this very immensely is the PS dagger pistol from Palmetto State Armory. Uh, I actually have reached out to Palmetto State Armory to see if they can give me some uh, sort of uh, some model to review. I'm very interested in this gun. I'm a humongous fan of capitalism. Uh, so therefore I love it when anything can come out there and compete. And with Glock kind of fucking uh, limping into the market right now with their 44 model, I'm interested to see what this model can do. This is basically a, com a direct competitor for the Glock 19. Same model and everything. And actually a lot of the parts are interchangeable with Gen 3 Glocks. Uh, so a lot of the aftermarket uh, stuff is going to fit this PS9. And here's the beauty of it. It starts out under $300. The higher end model, which is uh, comes optic ready, suppressor height sights with a threaded barrel, is still under $400. So that is fucking amazing. And also something else that's amazing is that accepts Glock mags and it comes with metal sights. So fucking already, uh, Palmetto State, I think, is going to be hitting this out of the park. I'm just 
interested in the reliability of this. Um, I, I mean, personally, I make fun of Palmetto State just because it's easy, uh, but I'm a Palmetto State fan. Uh, whenever I used to see my ex-in-laws up in Virginia, I used to always stop at Columbia, South Carolina Palmetto State store. That was like my fucking stop to go through. Uh, this also comes, it's going to be shipped with 50, uh, the Magpul 15 round P mags, uh, and it is going to have, uh, like I said, the, the metal three dot sight. Uh, trigger pull is five and a half pounds. Uh, the overall length is seven and 0.15 inches. The barrel length is just under four inches. The width uh, is just right at 1.28, and the overall height without the mag is 4.78 inches. Um, like I said, this thing starting out base model without the suppressor sights, optic cut, and the threader barrel. It's coming at right under $300, $299.99, and it's got the front serrations, the rear serrations. Uh, it's got the finger grooves in the front of the trigger well. Uh, it is no finger grooves in the fucking frame. Uh, it has the Picatinny rail on the uh, the rail up front there. I mean, it's it's a solid looking gun. It looks sexy. Um, and with the fact that it takes a lot of the Gen 3 Glock parts, uh, to me, that is even more sexy because, uh, you know, if I personally like a flat face trigger. Uh, it does not have a flat face trigger, but I personally like a flat face trigger, so I could drop in a trigger there. Uh, and then for just like, I think, I think what I looked at, it was just a little over 350 for the optics cut, the threaded barrel, and the suppressor sights. Um, so you're looking at a amazing carry gun out of the box for under $400, no matter what the fuck you, what the fuck you do. Uh, so and it looks like it's got the extended mag release uh, button as well. So this is a great gun. I cannot fucking wait until I get one. Even if Palmetto State Armory doesn't ship me one, this is going to be my next fucking purchase. Can't fucking wait for it. Uh, going on to the next thing, uh, 511 came out with a bunch of cool shit, of course. Uh, they came out with a vehicle-ready hex grid system. And basically what this is, is this is something that you can attach to the back of your, uh, the front of, or the front seats of your vehicle. And the, uh, it's very cheap. It's coming right at, uh, starting at $15. But the ones that I looked at that they're mainly displaying uh, is going to be like maybe around with all the shit on it comes around uh, 40 bucks uh, and basically this is just like a molly system that you can put on there so you could put uh, packs pouches stuff like that uh, I always keep a ton of shit in my vehicles uh, both in my Jeep and my truck uh, so, you know flashlights uh, first aid kits stuff like that and normally what I do is I've been using uh, these like fucking little um, I think you call them seat caddies uh, you I purchase like at the local law enforcement store uh, it's mainly the kind of shit that I use uh, and but I don't like it too much because uh, it takes up a seat so if I'm constantly having like my kids or whatever the fuck around then it's uh, takes up you know that much more space and all that kind of stuff um, but this is I've been looking for something like this for my Jeep because I've been restoring an old 1989 Jeep YJ uh, and I've been looking at getting something to put on the back of the seats because obviously in a Jeep Wrangler there's not a whole lot of storage compartments especially the older Jeeps um, and so I've been looking at maybe like some trunk boxes to put underneath the seats shit like that uh, so that's definitely something I'm going to be keeping an eye out on because some other back seat panels that I've looked at, you're looking at around fucking, I think like a hundred bucks uh, for all that kind of shit. So, but I mean, if I can get it for half that price, uh, I'm fucking game. Uh, next thing is True Velocity and Sierra Bullets are introducing a uh, commercial polymer cased ammunition. Uh, this is interesting. I don't see, um, it's interesting to see what they're going to be doing with this. I know the military went with polymer cased ammunition not too long ago because they wanted to uh, reduce the weight of uh, ammo that soldiers are carrying. The fact that it's coming to the commercial market, uh, I don't see weight being that much of an issue, uh, you know, for like uh, overland hunters and stuff like that, that carry all their stuff whenever they're tracking game. Uh, I don't see them, you know, having as that much ammunition that it's going to make that much of a difference. And then not only that, I don't see them coming out with a whole bunch of the 
the crazy calibers that a lot of the fucking, uh, you know, hunters carry. Uh, they're just going to be doing it right now in 308 as well as 6.5 Breedmore, which are popular calibers. But when you're looking at overland hunters uh, that do like hunting for elk and shit like that, you know, they're using larger caliber, caliber bullets uh, to be able to take down those big game. So I'm interested to see uh, what's the market going to be like for that. I'm sure people are going to like it, but uh, we shall see. Uh, oh, and before we get into the next story, something that I was looking at too, uh, that Palmetto State Armory, uh, it has looked like it's going to be released the first quarter of 2020. And now talking about release, uh, we're going into High Points, their YC9. Uh, we had High Point on after the whole Yeetgate debacle uh, when they were voting for the name of their new firearm. Uh, High Point has come up with an update that they said that looks like they're going to be coming out with their new YC9. Uh, looks like around the third quarter of this year. So I'm interested to see what it's going to do. I got the uh, first generation Yeet Cannon whenever they sold them, uh, which is basically the High Point C9. Uh, they just put Yeet Cannon on there, G1. Uh, so I'm interested to see how that's going to be. I'm definitely going to get one because it's going to come under $200. And I just think it's interesting. Great conversation piece. And it's a fucking great fucking, uh, you know, wall hanger, to be honest with you, that because I'm not going to really fucking use it. Uh, but it's fun. Uh, it's just like a little novelty to be hanging up, you know, hanging up and shit like that in my fucking, you know, my podcast studio or in my gun room. All right. Well, that's going to be it for the gun gear news and reviews. Let's go ahead and start getting into the fucking gun culture segment. And this fucking movie that we're going to be talking about today is a humongous series uh, at the time. Uh, It started the career of one actor and it is a great fucking action flick. And let's start getting into the gun culture segment. In this section of the gun culture, we're talking about the Transporter 2. Now, this, we're going after the second one, the sequel, because to me, this was actually just as good as the first one. And then this one is actually streaming streaming currently on Hulu. So if you have a subscription to Hulu, go check it out. Well, this is a awesome flick. It is about a guy that is a getaway driver for organized crime. Uh, this movie actually came out in 2005. And it is one of the first big movies that Jason Statham was in. Uh, he was obviously huge in... In, uh, Transporter. Uh, he was big in fucking um, Crank, which I, for some reason I really loved the first fucking movie. Uh, really was hilarious to me. Uh, and he was in some other awesome, hilarious, great action films, you know, that were so unrealistic that they're almost a little funny, but there was great action. And it was really kind of before CGI took care of everything. So there was some awesome, genuine action in there. So let's start talking about the fucking uh, movie or the weapons that were in the movie. Of course, being uh, mid 2000s, we're going to have have several Beretta 92s. We have the Beretta 92 FS, uh, which is something that he used a lot of. You actually, on the fucking poster for Transporter 2, you see him holding two nickel-plated Beretta 92s. Uh, there's also the Beretta 93, which is the full auto version, uh, which is pretty cool. Of course, you have a Glock 17, which is what's seen in by using by most of the police. You have a Glock 17 converted to full auto, which is the fucking bad, uh, bad guy, the chick uh, 
that's always in a bikini for some reason. She has that whenever she first goes into the uh, doctor's office. She's got two of them. She's dual wielding that shit. You have the, uh, I, you know, when I first saw this, I thought it was fucking Benicio del Toro, but it's not. But it's like a Benicio del Toro lookalike. Uh, he's holding a Ruger KP95, uh, which those old Rugers to me, I know they weren't huge, but I was a fan of them. Uh, you also have the SIG 226 scattered throughout there by different people. This is something that I think is really cool. Is you had an HK USP match, which Dimitri, uh, which the Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde character from Extraordinary Gentleman, uh, he's in this, and he is using the HK USP match pistol. It's a pretty sweet fucking gun. Uh, you also see a Jericho 941, which is something that Jason Statham carries partially in there. Uh, you also have a pair of Ordnance P14. Now here's something else that's really interesting: is you have a Vector CP1, and that's pretty fucking cool. You had a teenage girl uh, in the very beginning of the film uh, who is working with a gang of carjackers, uh, and she tries to hold up Jason Statham, uh, and the fucking chick uh, pulls out this Vector CP1. Uh, it's a very sexy looking gun. Uh, it's very niche. Uh, she kind of loses her nerve, and the fucking carjackers that are there with her get their asses kicked by Jason Statham. Uh, and it's pretty interesting. Don't see a whole lot of those ever. Uh, so I thought that was pretty fucking cool. You also had the Walther P99, which is the what the Benicio del Toro character kind of carries uh, in the plane. You also had a Colt Python snub, and of course uh, you're gonna have a fuck ton of H and K MP5s, uh, HK Ump. Uh, you also have a DSA SA58 OSW, which is pretty cool. You can see one of the guards at Gianni's house, which is the Benicio del Toro character. Uh, he's got that. You have an HK G36C, which is the compact foldable stock, uh, and then you had the HK G36K, which is the more full-sized version of that. And of course you have some M4s, and then also you have a possible HK SL8, which is one sniper weapon that is possibly used. IMFDB, which is of course our source for all this, uh, is a SWAT sniper, could possibly use an HK SL8, but they're not sure. So that's something that's pretty interesting. But that's going to be our gun culture segment. Let's go ahead and start wrapping this shit up and start closing out the show, shall we? Well, everybody, I want to greatly appreciate you guys for listening to another episode of the 2A Lifestyle Podcast. Again, if you haven't already checked out our social media, we are on Facebook under 2A, the number 2A Lifestyle. Uh, on Instagram, we are 2 spelled out, T-W-O-A Lifestyle. And then also, we have a Patreon. If you like our show, please feel free to support us as low as $1 a month. Uh, and with that, you get some free shit. We're looking up for a kind of tiered system for people that are going to be helping us out on Patreon. That's going to be coming whenever we get our uh, fucking webpage set up. Again, along with what's going on in 2020, we are going to be setting up a live podcasting streaming, and also we're going to be setting up some YouTube and another social media account, probably. Hint, hint, wink, wink. If you were listening to the fucking intro uh, intro to the show, you would know kind of what I'm talking about. So that is something that's very interesting that I'm looking forward to. Uh, also, go ahead and wherever you're listening to us, subscribe, so that way you don't miss any fucking shows. Also, leave us a, uh, a fucking review if you are able to. It helps other people that are looking for gun related content find gun related shows like this one and i think this one is pretty special you know it's kind of my fucking opinion but until then i will see you guys again in two weeks and go ahead and continue to be great ambassadors to our gun community and enjoy that 2a lifestyle he calls me a hothead then he sets me on fire
said that it's my fault that he's alive. Then he's blushing red when he's on the phone. He said, Don't worry about it, leave me alone. He said, You're only as good as you are when you are with me. So I hope you know better, know better than to leave. I said, Hey, you. 